Okay, everyone, welcome to another episode of uh, What's Happening in Travel uh, with my with my buddy um, and uh, and I'm Kerwin. And today's episode is we're in rainy Houston, so that's why you see Krisha's uh, image looks like it's really. If you're watching it, Krisha's um, image has got really dark because we're having some storm, some Hurricane Hannah uh, that's passing south of us. The lighting would help. Uh, there you go. That's passing south. Does that look better? Um, yeah, but it, 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 it's okay. You should be fine. Um, so we have a whole, but it's episode 21, and today is June 25th, Saturday, July 25th, rather. <laughs> Instead of June 20th. I'm losing the whole time now. Um, and we have a few um, interesting things today. We're going to stick with airlines today, and there's a whole bunch of stuff happening with airlines. Um, like, and some updates. And some some stuff we've done. So that'll be really, really good. So the first thing is that um, one of the things that's always, I thought was odd in aviation is that um, China Airlines is based in Taiwan. And it's actually confused some people. And Krisha's going to tell us, what are they going to do about it now? So this has apparently been on uh, uh, the table for, at least 10 years. So China Airlines is based in Taipei and um, is actually a Taiwanese area, airline. But Air China, which is the flag carrier of uh, the People's Republic, mainland China, is based in Beijing. Then, of course, there's China Eastern, China Southern, and uh, a lot of airlines with China in the name. So as I said, this has been on the books in Taiwan for several years, but apparently what precipitated the sudden change, sudden decision to actually do something about it was the fact that China Airlines, now remember this is Taipei, Taiwan, um, was flying a lot of cargo flights, humanitarian flights with uh, PPE. And uh, they were meeting apparently a lot of hostility from countries. Um, mad at China for um, obviously being the source of this uh, pandemic. And they were taking it out on uh, uh, China Airlines, which of course has nothing to do with mainland China. Right. Now, I don't, they didn't really specify how they were retaliated against, but um, suffice it to say that uh, Taiwan is now going to facilitate the rebranding of China Airlines as a more Taiwan-focused identity. Now, I don't know what that means. Are they going to rename it as Taiwan Airlines? Yeah. But what I found a little strange was that they're going to do it in phases. Now, what that means, I do not know. But uh, clearly, a name change is um, in the cards. I don't know if they're going to adjust their plum blossom, I believe, is the identity, the, yeah. the symbol of the flower on the on the tail, which I always thought was a hibiscus plant, but apparently not. Oh, I thought it was a so, too. <laughs> yeah, but um, so yeah, that's on the cards. And actually, it's a big change because uh, China Airlines has a lot of passenger rights and other things that they have to maintain um, if they rename the carrier. So I think that's one reason 
why they said that they had to proceed a little cautiously about this. It couldn't be too drastic a change. Wow. So we'll have to just wait and see if it becomes Taiwan Airlines or some other name. Oh, yeah. But I hope they don't change their livery because I think it's rather nice, actually. It is. I like the purple look, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I do. Yeah, and this, this has been something, like I said, that's been going on for quite for quite some time. And I've, all, I've often wondered about it, too. And so uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Um, oh. In the same, so that means they'll probably change the code from CI to something? I doubt it, though. I, who knows? Because that involves a whole other range of uh, yeah. uh, problems. There's a whole bunch so, of AI that changes that happens if that yeah. So, uh, okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll have to keep on top of I'd that. I'd be surprised, actually, if they change CI, because CI doesn't really identify it as Taiwan. You know, no, it doesn't. C-O-I. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Who knows? We have to wait uh, and find out. Yeah. Well, they and they haven't use... said when they're going to institute this, but I would assume a few months at least. Yeah. So. And because they fly to a fair number of countries. I believe it's like uh -huh. 29 countries. Wow. Which I is do. substantial. And of course, a lot of flights to um, China. Uh -huh. So, and given that China regards Taiwan as a breakaway province, I'm not sure how happy they will be to go. Yeah. give them flight rights into mainland China when they've Have really made this attempt to um, identify themselves yeah. as distinct from China. Have you ever flown that? We'll have to wait and find out. Yeah. Have you ever flown them? Yes. Yeah. I think they're good. very, very good. Yeah, they're very, very good. I think that, any Asian carrier is very, yeah. very good. I had good good service oh. with them. So I think I did LA Taipei, I think it was. This is really good service. I've done that. Yeah, that's the same flight. Yeah. And within Asia as well. So So it'll be interesting to see. Okay, um, we're we're gonna keep an eye on that one. Um so, so the next one is um, a few of the U.S. carriers just gave Q2 financial results. How are, we do, how are they doing? Yeah, as expected, not one of them made a profit. Hmm. Not surprising, really. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a little unfair to compare, for instance, the net loss at United, which was about a billion, six, $1.6 billion with that yeah. of American at 2.1, and Delta at 5.7 billion, wow. um, but I'll get to that in a bit, because um, I think they need to be adjusted, for instance, somehow on a length of haul or uh, other basis, yeah. because United has primarily focused on international flying uh, in the quarter, whereas American and Delta have been more domestic. And of course, United is stronger internationally. Yeah. But um, Delta had an issue uh, for why they they had a reason why their number was so much higher because they recognized their loss of uh, the LATAM code share uh, and the triple sevens, so that yeah. accounted for that um, huge amount. But what I found interesting was the cash burn that they had during the second quarter. For instance, United said they had about 40 million a day, which is huge, but American was more than 50 million 
Delta was about 40 million, and Southwest was about 23 million a day. Hmm. Now, Americans clearly flew the most um, of the big three U.S. carriers during this quarter, and of course, it reflected in their net loss. Yeah, but they seem to have acknowledged that, and they've severely cut back their flying or their proposed flying in the third quarter. Now, I didn't really see this or look very hard in other airlines, but for um, July, which is a peak summer travel period, United was only expecting a 45% load factor. Really? Whereas in June, they had close to 58%. But that may have been due to the fact that a lot of the states that were open in June um, in the U.S., have sort of clamped down and are not opening as fast because Southwest has said that in July they also expect between 40 and 45 percent load factor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is really, really low given July is one of the peak months of the summer travel season. Yeah, wow. So um, I don't know how long this is con- going to continue, but. Um, I would hope they would bleed less in the third quarter, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, wow. So that's in that that's intense. I mean, forty million dollars a day, right? Yeah, on average, that's that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people just aren't people aren't people aren't traveling. I mean, they because I, I did that road trip and even. Even just driving, the highways weren't full. Um, yeah, there was there was zero traffic jam for fifteen hours. Um, okay. There was a little traffic, but and even the airports were busy, but not as busy as they normally would. So I don't think a lot of a lot of people just aren't moving, no. going anywhere. Ah, well, I hope this will, and this is probably going to go on for the next two, four quarters or something. Yeah. All right. Well, but um, okay. So, more not so depressing news is um, so I saw something about Emirates deciding that if you fly them, they're going to insure you for a month. What's the, what's the details on that? I'm really amazed at this offer, uh-huh. um, because I'm going to quote what they said. Yeah. Um. If a passenger gets into any trouble, this is a direct quote uh, from Airways Magazine. Um, So if a passenger gets into any trouble during the traveling process, the airline Emirates will offer them significant insurance coverage. Euros and quarantine costs up to 100 euros a day, which I think is amazingly generous. Yeah. Um, and this is valid for 14 days after the passenger flies. And the, the 14 days start from, from the moment the passenger boards the first flight, if the passenger is connected. And it's valid for 31 days um, after until October 31st. Actually, I, I need to take that back. That 14-day uh, number was incorrect. So it's valid for 31 days. 31. Okay after the first flight of the passenger. Yeah. 
but you have to fly until uh, before October, before or on October 31st. And um, they've also clarified that if a passenger is on a disrupted flight, flight that was canceled for the pandemic, they have 24 months to rebook. Now, I don't know if they will need to pay the difference in the available fare or not, because that's not very clear. And um, Emirates will continue to distribute masks, gloves, sanitizer, and hand wipes for free. Now, this is in contrast to Qatar, which is also giving you face shields. Um, one thing I believe may have precipitated this very, very generous offer from Emirates is that they may be a little bit desperate because remember, they've got this huge fleet of over 100 380s that they cannot just ground. So they have to fly them and they have to fill them. Yeah. Because these planes are not that, that economical to fly. So they may be backed into a corner. Um, and it's not like someone like Qatar or Etihad, which don't have these huge fleets of the 380. Yeah. So Emirates really has to put these back into service. So that may have uh, been one major reason why they've been so generous. Now, I know that India was one of their big O&D markets, and India really hasn't allowed uh, foreign carriers in on a regular scheduled service right. uh, basis. So they may be hurting for that reason as well. But um, the 380s are flying, at least for now, into the UK, mm -hmm. but not on the uh, frequency that they had pre-COVID, where they had five or six 380s into London Heathrow alone. Right, and they had the secondary airports too, right? The Birmingham right. and the Right, all 380s, mostly. Yeah. But it would be interesting to see if any other carriers match or at least try and exceed what Emirates is uh, offering as of yeah. now. Well, well, you know, it's, it's, one, of, it's one of the things um, where, uh, and so now it's raining here now, so it's dark here now. <laughs> it's, um, okay. yeah, and now it's light where you are, that's funny. Yes, it is. So it is, um, I guess the clouds are moving northwards. So it is one of the, um, I think they probably looked at stuff and said, you know what? They got nothing to lose, right? And well, actually so, they do, right? Well, but they're, 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 it's one of those underwriting things, right? It's an insurance thing, right? Where they're figuring, well, we're going to gamble on this, right? And you're, we're going to gamble that no one's going to get sick, but we're going to get more people flying us. And, because uh, they just had trouble with Hong Kong, for instance. Yeah. Because there was a flight from Dubai uh, that had four or five people that turned out positive. Mm -hmm. And Hong Kong was not very pleased with Emirates and actually banned them for a short while. Ah, uh, there we go. Um, so, um, this is a pretty bold move on Emirates' part. And I hope they succeed, though. I hope so too. I hope so too. Um, and you know, I mean, they have strict measures for people when people fly them. Right. So, uh, but I mean, you know what it is, it's, it's, it's the other, um, Etihad had said, Hey, we're giving you face masks. Oh, was it Qatar? I think Qatar had said, oh, God, face, 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 face shields. 
Yeah. So I think you know how the airlines are, right? Uh, Tim Cook, Tim Clark was probably like, "All right, what can we do, guys? Go, go figure something out and come back with it." And so this is what they came up with. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this works out. I mean, would this let me fly Emirates? I don't want to get sick, but you know, if you have to go somewhere, and also too. Um, they get a lot of traffic from the U.S. and no one's going anywhere from the U.S. So yeah, but I think that has a lot to do with the fact that a lot of countries are not allowing U.S. citizens to enter. Yes, and as soon as they allow them, something happens and then it goes crazy. Like um, the Bahamas is... Yeah, the, so the, Bahamas, the Bahamas, The Bahamas is weird though, right? Because they said their numbers are going up because of Americans going in and they're like, nope. No Americans. And then they reversed that recently. Like today. They've reinstituted it again though. Yeah. Uh, no, they? no. Uh, Americans can go again. But but um, you have to be quarantined for 14 days if you go. That's, well, that's going to be tough. I know. Exactly. So basically. 14 yeah. days. And you have to do a test and uh, they, 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 just, they just change it all over again. So after they came, you have up, to do a test before departure from the U.S. Yes, or after arrival. I think you have to do a test before, or it's the usual. You have to do a test within a certain number of days. If not, good you luck with arrival. that because you cannot get results back in a reasonable right, amount. Of coming back, so it's yeah. worthless. Yeah. Meanwhile, my friends in Europe are like, "Yeah, we get our results within 24 hours." So I don't know what's going on. Here. Um, but even, no. with the, even with the Bahamas thing, though, um, when you go in, uh, I think you, you have to take the, the test. Oh, the reason why they're doing it is because they didn't want the hospitals in the Bahamas to get overwhelmed. And so, I'm sure there are not that many hospitals there. No, no, they're so. not. And the numbers are going up. So they're like, well, we can't allow people to come in anymore. But I'm pretty sure something else happened in the back end because I think the same day that the guy says we're closed, we're, we're, we're no Americans allowed, is like maybe later that day or the next day they said, oh, we are, but under these circumstances. So because I'm sure American tur tourism is a huge percentage of oh, yeah. Bahamas uh, GDP. Yep. So because American tourists spend a lot of money, I'm sure, in the Bahamas. Exactly. So that's so. the thing with all this, right? It's, um, it's travel, it's a tourism industry. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's quite interesting how this is all going. Uh, all right, no. so next story. Um, Lithuania is getting a flag carrier. So I, I think for the rest of this uh, session, we're just going to give little updates and uh, Topics that may or may not appeal to everyone, okay. but I just thought it, we thought it was interesting. And so, yes, Lithuania, a tiny little country in uh, Northern Europe, is worried that it is going to lose a lot of air connectivity during this COVID uh, crisis okay. because of the lack of flights and airlines not putting back um, a lot of their pre-COVID schedules into service. But I find it a little odd that um, just last week or maybe two weeks ago, 
Air Baltic, which is based in Estonia, mm-hmm. in Vilnius. I'm sorry, um, in, um, uh-oh, I've forgotten. Um, Latvia. Um, La- La- in Latvia. In, no. Riga. They is are it, based it, in Estonia. And uh, they opened a base in uh, Vilnius, in Lithuania. And they were going to base several aircraft there and operate routes to Europe. So I don't know why Lithuania subsequently decided that that was not enough and that they were going to make plans to get a flag carrier. Now, this is probably the third or fourth iteration because they had um, this airline called Fly LAL, Fly Lithuania Airlines. Okay. Um, in nineties uh, and early two thousands, and then right. they had Air Lithuanica, which was much shorter in duration in two thousand fifteen timeframe. And then they had a subsidiary of Polish Small Planet Airlines that didn't last very long at all. Yeah. So now let's see what happens um, if. Uh, anything comes out of this because it really does not make sense given that Air Baltic is so well established right. in the Baltic states um, or the three countries but having a national airline is a matter of pride and uh, let's see if uh, Lithuania can have, make a go of this. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. So oh. it sounds like sounds like something weird happened between them and Air Baltic then. Perhaps, yes. Yeah, yeah that's oh. a weird one. That's a weird one. Well, um, so but, I know uh, Air Baltic is they have a hub in Riga, Latvia. It, right. Is it headquarters in? Uh, no. Estonia? Okay, it is in Riga. Sorry, I, I'm sorry. I take that back. It is based in Latvia. Right, Riga, Latvia. Okay. Yes. Uh, just because so, so yes, I know we is. said that, so I wanted to make sure that. Um, yes, that is correct. We did get that right. Okay. So, very cool. Yeah. I. I, I mean, I, I should to, know that, having been to the. To the region, I mean, right? Yes. Um, I recently flew Air Baltic. I, there was an A two twenty. I flew them from Gatwick to Riga to um, Berlin. Okay. To and I think they're going to standardize on the two twenty. Yeah, I think so I think getting rid of the seven three sevens. Yeah, yeah, so, it's a, it's amazing when you go the entire place is just uh, A two twenties. It's it's pretty cool to see. Uh, it was a launch carrier, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, they also okay. painted an aircraft um, in the colors of the Lithuanian flag. Ah, okay. So surprised to hear that that was not enough for Lithuania. Yeah. There's a lot that can happen between wanting an airline, a national airline, and actually having one. Yeah, it's interesting because I, you know, all over the world, um, airlines are very ha- having your national airline is a is a big deal. It's it's like a big identity yeah. thing. So I could see them trying to do that. Well, we, we wish them good luck, and we'll definitely keep keep watching this one. Uh, the next thing we have is kind of some uh, sad news. Um, I saw pictures of an Ethiopian triple seven freighter on fire. What happened? Shanghai, Pudong. Yeah. And this is the first triple seven freighter to be lost. 
Oh. So, yeah. Uh, this had come in from Brussels and um, was in the process of being loaded for departure to um, Addis, Ab Addis Ababa and uh, South America. I believe it was going to South America. I want to say Santiago. Um, and uh, the distance between Shanghai and uh, Santiago I, is a little... I'm sorry, it was going to Sao Paulo and then Santiago. Oh, okay. From Shanghai. Yeah. Uh, That's a nice And the distance is too far for even the 777 freighter. Right. Which is extremely long range 777. So it was in the process of being loaded and uh, there was a fire uh, in the loading door area right by the tail. And it looked pretty severe from the pictures that uh, were released. Yeah. And I'm fairly certain the aircraft is a write-off, wow. given that it, was, it had gone through the, the roof of the aircraft. Uh, but I have yet to see pictures after the fire was extinguished. So I don't know if the tail collapsed. But what I found really strange was that this is the second Ethiopian aircraft with, an, with a fire in that part of the aircraft because i don't know if you remember at london heathrow again on the ground a 788 of ethiopian court fire i remember that and yeah under a big tent right at heathrow uh-huh so um yeah regardless of that i'm sure the aircraft is not going to fly again yeah i don't know how or if ethiopian is going to uh replace it whether they just convert um, another triple seven two hundred, but I doubt they can just do that. Yeah, that'll um, be interesting to see. <laughs> you know, uh, because freighters are in demand now, right? Yes, they are. Yeah. And I don't believe if you uh, Boeing is selling the triple seven F any longer, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, I. So, I I'm pretty sure we'll get more news on that because that just happened yesterday, I think it was. Yeah. So two, three days ago. Yeah. So we'll get. So we'll we'll try to have an update on that in a, in one of the uh, one of our our future shows. Yeah. Wow. Um, all right. So the next thing we have is that uh, Cathay is getting some financial relief from Airbus because, as you know, a lot of the airlines are um, uh, they're just they're just tank they're just tanking. Yeah. And, and um, Cathay Pacific, based in Hong Kong, has been especially hard hit because before COVID, they had the demonstrations in Hong Kong mm -hmm. severely impacted their traffic. So then COVID came along, and now again with the Chinese crackdown on Hong Kong rights, they're again hit with demonstrations and the lack of traffic because of the COVID crisis. Right. So they are in dire straits. Not that any airline is uh, in less trouble, but sure. perhaps in this case they are. But they got one of their major financial drains was payments for 
Ujo 350s and 321 Neos. Ah, okay. So apparently they got a deal from Airbus that would minimize those payments and extend an essential lifeline to Gafi. Because okay. they have uh, also announced that more than 90% of their staff are willing to work without pay at least until the end of the year, which I think is both unbelievable and remarkable. Wow. So, I, mean, I, I guess when you think about it, right, if, if, if you're not going to get paid anyway, um, so, so there, like, I guess there's no other way for you to earn an income, right? Because, because of what's going on, then you might as well, you might as well work and get no pay. But I don't know about things like health insurance. I assume they would. The, I assume they would take care of them, right? Can you assume anything? No. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, but I think that's remarkable on on behalf on behalf of the employees that are willing to do this for, yeah. the, for the airline. Yeah, that's, so, that's that's crazy. God, our in our industry is really taking a hit, right? Um, so, yeah. All right. Well, that's well, that's good news. At least Kathy will be around for a little while longer. Um, so, meanwhile, but I wanted uh, to give you also an update okay. on um, Air Arabia, Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Yeah, this was an airline that was supposed to start um, based in the UAE, and uh, it actually did last week. Um, okay. So it, this is part of um, Air Arabia, which is based in Sharjah, in the UAE, and uh, this is another Emirate within the UAE, Sharjah. Right. So now they're basing two A320s in Abu Dhabi. And they're, um, it's a new airline actually called Air Arabia Abu Dhabi. And they started service to Alexandria and Sohag, both in Egypt. Oh. Um, I did not realize that there was that much traffic between Egypt and the UAE until I heard of both Air Arabia Abu Dhabi and Wizair Abu Dhabi starting with flights to, again, Alexandria in Egypt. So, um, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think but there was that many. They have started service. And of course, Etihad is co-chairing on them. Yeah. But um, it will be, I'm curious to see how it will develop because the business models for the two carriers are very, very different. Air Arabia is an LCC. Um, and Etihad is anything but. Right, exactly. So we'll just have to wait and see how Air Arabia and Wizair will compete. And whether one of them will take advantage of, um, let's say, demand from South Asia and use that as a stepping stone to get to Europe. Yeah, we'll that'll, just have to wait and see. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Yep. Nice. Uh, and we, then we, we also had this update last week of uh -huh. Finnair. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry, Iceland Air, Iceland Air. not Finnair. Um, playing hardball with its flight attendants. Yeah. And uh, we had mentioned that 
pilots were going to start um, taking flight, flight attendant roles starting last Monday. Well, the flight attendants union apparently caved and uh, they struck an agreement with the Finnair management. I, I'm sorry, it's not Finnair, it's Iceland Air. <laughs> I keep confusing the FI code with Iceland Air. With, with AY, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yes, they struck a deal and uh, flight attendants were back on duty uh, like normal starting last Monday. But then I also read that this deal had to be ratified again on the 27th of July. And the oh. fact that they rejected it last week, I'm not sure what's really changed, but something clearly has. Yeah, most definitely. So we'll have to wait and see what happens on the 27th. So that's just an update from um, last week. Well, the topic cool. we had referred to last week. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. It's good to so, get a, an update on that one. And um, the other thing we had was uh, we talked about OWG, right? OWG, yeah. Yeah, that was a Canadian airline, right? Canadian airline based in Quebec. Yeah, so what's so, the update on and, that one? Uh, I think we mentioned this about maybe a fortnight ago, two weeks uh -huh. ago. Probably, yeah. Um, on We Go um, is the abbreviation, apparently. <laughs> and they Ready? struck a deal with uh, a package tour company, two yeah. package tour companies. Um, one of them is Ola Sun Holidays, and the other one is Karib Soul. So I'm wondering if there's something like TUI or um, uh, Get to Holidays in Europe, if they're trying to pattern themselves after that. But they announced five destinations in Cuba, uh, all leisure, yeah. that they are going to start in November using 737-400s. Um, and uh, again, I'm not sure how long this will last, but uh, I don't know any other airline in North America, at least, that has is like an inclusive tour operator that is so common in Europe. So I know Sun Country did a few charters, and there have been some in the U.S. that have failed. Yeah. Um, but um, again, this was just an update. Yeah, I can't think of any either that has done any that done anything. Well, you know, it's it. I'm actually pleased that it's working. Um, well, we don't know yet. Well, fair enough. <laughs> because Air Canada and WestJet are not going to idly stand by and allow them no. to steal there. No, uh, they they which you know which which makes sense that they wouldn't they wouldn't idly stand by. Um, but again, at, at least it's a kind of a glimmer of hope in our industry and not all gloom and doom the whole time, right? That's, that's right. Good. Yep. That's good. Um, yep. What has it be? Oh, um, Qantas. Did this I was one of my favorite stories. For this. Yeah. I think Qantas did an absolutely amazing job of sending off their 744s yeah. into the desert. So what they did on the 21st, 22nd actually, so they had their last flight, which was mainly for aviation enthusiasts on the right. 21st, a flight to nowhere from Sydney. 
And on the 22nd, they didn't really announce this. And they did it in secret, which is remarkable, I think. But um, they had this grand send-off starting at 2 p.m. from Sydney right. uh, to LAX. And they appropriately labeled the flight, named the flight QF7474. And what they did is they went out into the southern eastern Pacific off the coast of Sydney. And then they essentially did a Qantas logo kangaroo in the sky. Now, I don't know right. if a lot of people are familiar with the Qantas logo. Right. But it's essentially a flying roo or a flying kangaroo. And they did this in the sky um, for two hours at an approximate cost of several thousand, I would estimate about twenty or thirty thousand dollars. Right. A lot of people have criticized that. But um, get over I it, think people. it was a remarkable gesture for, on behalf of Qantas. Yeah. Because I doubt any other airline is going to be able to match that. Yeah, no, I don't think so. And they were able to do that because of their very distinctive logo. And this is after 50 years of operating 747. Yeah. So they've had, I think, every variant of the 747 up to the 400. Oh, okay. Including the SP. Wow. So... I I saw pictures of uh, the 747 at LAX. Somebody on my Facebook feed uh, works at LAX, and they were yes. able, yeah, they were able to go on and take some photos. If I can get a handle on them, I'll send a link to you. But we, we can't oh. share them here because they're not my photos. But um, but yeah, I, it, it's been a while since I've flown the Qantas 747. Um, and they had the ER version. Which yeah. was like the triple seven and the seven eight nine seven eight seven interior, because they kept saying it has a mm -hmm. long long reach, is what it normally says on the yes. outside. Yeah. yeah. So that's the ours had the extended range. Yeah. So now that's in um that they they went from LA to Mojave now. Right. I think they flew just yesterday or day before yeah. yesterday to it LA Mojave. Been, yeah, it might have been yeah because I saw uh, Sam Chewy. Um, he's, okay. a big, he's a big aviation uh, guy. Uh, he was signing his name on the side, and I think he was actually going to fly to up to uh, Mojave. Yeah, I, okay. I do. We have to find that guy that can give us a tour of Mojave again. Uh, we need to figure yeah. that out because that would actually well, be really Victor. good, huh? Even Victorville uh, outside. Yes, no, I've, I've been to Victorville and I've been to Mojave, but I've been inside Mojave behind the fence, but I've not been to Victorville behind the fence. Um, I've just like... They also did really quite an amazing flight past of Sydney. Yeah. The central district before heading out over the ocean. I thought cool. that was remarkable what quantity. Yeah. Well, you know, so. if, if you, if you got to go, it's a, it's, it's a queen of the sky, right? She's got to go really big. <laughs> I'm curious to see what BA does. Yeah, well, they're going to try to top that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they'll do BOAC as their thing. <laughs> oh my God! So, um, all right. So we got one or two more. Uh, we don't talk much about South American flying, but um, JetSmart is going to fly yes. to Peru. You said 
you're a ULCC, so ultra low cost carrier based uh -huh. in Chile, and um, Latin America has had quite an upheaval with uh, LATAM, Argentina, and Peru, and then Peruvian Airlines yeah. being liquidated. So JetSmart, which is not that old, um, they have stepped in to form an affiliate, uh, JetSmart Peru. And they're starting service uh, in the first half of 2021. And they're flying 10 to 15 domestic Peruvian routes. So they're essentially stepping in where LATAM left off. Ah, okay. I'm curious to see if the ULCC format will take hold in Peru. Because um, LATAM was not an LCC. No. So, so LATAM Peru has ceased existence? Is that what happened? Yes. Okay. Because what happens in South America, and if you guys are familiar, is um, because of a lot of the countries, what they do, like Argentina, Chile, um, Peru, uh, they will form the same airline, but they'll form an entity for each of the countries so they can operate it's differently. That's how they operate from a different area. Yeah. Colombia is also part of it. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting to see what's going on. I, 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 again, it's, it's one of the areas that we're going to have to talk about as uh, aviation, South American aviation, because there is quite a bit going on down there. You don't hear about it a lot because we don't, all we hear about is LATAM usually. Um, and remember the JetSmart is, a, is uh, one of the brands under Indigo Partners, which has um, uh, Frontier in the U.S. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. realize that. Oh, wow. Okay. So, oh, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I, fl I flew Sky. Uh, Sky is based in Chile, and they fly from, uh, I think I flew them uh, Santiago to Peru, actually. That's where I flew Sky. Okay. Yeah. It's like a $500 oh. ticket. It's ridiculous. But yeah, <laughs> uh, Peru is number three after yeah. uh, JetSmart Argentina. Okay. So, All right, so yeah. and given that they're a relatively new airline, this is pretty bold of them. Yeah. But you know what? Why not? Somebody with big pockets down there, Kusha. Yes. <laughs> um, and we have one final story. Uh, we're going to Asia. So we basically, we've skipped all over the globe for this, for this episode. And now we're going into Asia. And we're going to talk about Thai Airlines. Um, Which I think... Thai International, which I think is one of the best airlines in the world. Yeah, they've been but, good. I've had good service with them. Um, I believe it is hopelessly mired in all sorts of problems. Yeah. And uh, anyway, what we wanted to do is talk about how they've postponed their reopening to September now. Ah, okay. Now, given that a lot of uh, Thailand's economy, 20%, I believe, is based on tourism. This is a huge hit for the country of Thailand. And um, people who work for Thai Airways, Thai International, um, don't get paid a lot. I mean, which is not abnormal for any but airline worker. Right, exactly. But they've also angered a lot of their employees because they have reduced Thai this is the government, has reduced the pay and benefits for employees by up to 
between 10 and 50%, which is huge. Yeah, that's huge. And they've also rescinded health coverage. So now you have to pay for your health coverage and then you get reimbursed by the airline. Now, a lot of people are saying that most employees cannot afford to upfront pay for right, any sort right. of medical issues. Um, so that has angered a lot of employees. And what is worse is that fuel suppliers from Thai have now said they're not going to take credit any longer um, and they're only on a cash basis. Oh, wow. So Thai is being hit from all sides, but the government is not going to allow it to go under. No, no, no. Because it's too much of a prestige issue. Exactly. And uh, I really hope they get back on their feet, but their situation is not unlike, let's say, Malaysia or Air India, for instance. Also government run and in a lot of trouble. Wow. So does this affect Thai smiles as well? Um, you know, that is unclear. Okay. Unclear. Huh. So. Yeah. Well, I actually met the Thai CEO, really nice guy. I don't know if he's the same CEO now, but a few, but a few years ago, um, we had a travel conference and he was there. Um, but very personable guy. Um, we just, the funny thing was that, Myself and him and another aviation geek, all three of us were just, you know, shooting aviation breeze. And we were talking all kinds of stuff. And the PR people came over and pulled him away. And he's like, no, 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 no. We need to finish talking about this stuff. Because, you know, nobody talks to me about aviation geek stuff because, you know, they, they think yeah. his approach is inapproachable. But he was actually a really nice guy. Um, wow. So we'll, we'll see what's going on with Ty. One thing I was talking about Thailand is, um, so Thailand is one of the places where you cannot fly nonstop to, from the United States. I think there's still, the category C is what it is. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, so we can't, we, they can't, can't do nonstop flight. It has something to do with their safety standards. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, they used to be able to because uh, there was a nonstop flight from JFK to Bangkok on, on Thai. Okay. Through yeah. LAX also from Bangkok they flew LAX. on the 346. Yep. And, um, but now they've stopped doing it. They've, uh, they haven't flown to the U.S. since they lost their, since they lost their status. Hmm. And but Malaysia the same way, right? Because I remember seeing 777s of, of Malaysia at LAX again. Yes, they used to be uh, Malaysia used to fly. Yep. So, so there's a I think they stopped somewhere, though. Either um, Tokyo or somewhere. Yeah. They had flown, Thai had flown the 345 when they had them uh, between JFK and... Um, okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an amazing flight, but they don't do that anymore. Well, All right, well, I think that, yeah. was, our, I think that was our last story. Uh, yeah. Uh, yep, it was. See, we, see we, we did good this time around, I think. Um, all right, well, thank you so much uh, for, for listening, folks. We appreciate it. Uh, as you can see, there's always a lot of things going on in the aviation industry, and this is kind of what, what's happening in travel covers. And our goal is to bring you this information um, as it happens. Uh, during, and usually so much happens during the week that we probably had. So we actually did two episodes this week, so that's good. Uh, episode 20 and episode 21. Remember, to uh, you can download on Spotify and, uh, and Apple and Stitcher on uh, Buzzsprout. And um, just send an email, feedback at passrider.com. 
if you guys have any questions at all or any comments or if there's something that you want us to cover or even if you want to come on the show and shoot the breeze with us and talk aviation then uh pop us an email and uh we'll try to arrange that so this is my friend uh and kerwin and we are signing off from episode 21 of what's happening in travel